There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may at time travel the bend a secret prince, but no one in the story ever asks any questions. You can live on Park Ave with a salary from Mickey D's or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans. But me, I prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew at RTT. too much latest because you got what i need thank you for tuning into romancing the pod you had us at hello i'm Paige wesley i'm mikey randolph and i'm todd schlosser and this week mikey made us watch splash Splash. so this is the first time i've seen this movie have you guys seen it before no this is my first time (laughs) This is also my first okay, time. Okay, nice. But lately, we've been watching movies we've never seen before, and I wanted to continue the trend. I'm so glad you did. I mean, I honestly sort of enjoyed this very strange movie. It definitely, yeah, hit a place that like Mannequin hit, where I was yeah. like, I don't understand why I like this so See, much. See, I'm gonna <laughs> be, I'm gonna be the outlier and say that I know this is controversial after Mannequin. It was too weird for me. Okay. And- <laughs> yeah. And this is your line right here? No, the, I mean, the bigger thing for me is the way they treat her from a writing standpoint really bothered me, where she's like not a person in this movie. No, she's a sex doll for the first 30 minutes Thank of this movie. Thank you. And I have <laughs> yes. some serious, serious questions about consent in this movie. But then also, is Tom Hanks a fucking bajillionaire he seems to have unlimited resources of money at his disposal in this movie and yet owns a grocer i don't know he doesn't own a grocer he's an importer of 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 produce yeah of slimy cherries okay (laughs) would you guys say that daryl hannah is more of a mannequin than the mannequin was yes yeah because in mannequin she like when she's a person she has agency she has agency yes. and she, and here's the thing don't get me wrong problems with mannequin where she's basically just a muse but she has thoughts and feelings yeah. and opinions and wants and desires that she can communicate effectively and she is participating in that relationship of her own free will and there is no question about it 
And in this movie, I don't know if we can say the same. And that bothers me a lot. I don't know that, I don't know how they managed to do this, but this seems like a slightly less problematic movie than The Little Mermaid that came out after this. I have notes on that. <laughs> because at some point she does like start to speak and then start to do sort of what she wants and isn't just there to sexually satisfy Tom Hanks. But then she's still somehow just there to sexually satisfy Tom Hanks and has no wants or needs or any thoughts. It's bonkers. <laughs> well, okay. If you look at it like a horror movie. It is a horror movie for me. <laughs> this is like a seven on my scare scale. No, no, I know. But no. scale like fish scale, Paige. Right, First off, right, right. never yeah. hook up with a gorgeous woman that wants to hook up with you without any context. That's just recipe for death. Yeah. Yeah. That's the movie species. Do I think maybe she took Tom Hanks into the deep for her family to eat him and then yes. whatever reproductive cycle Absolutely. that they need to do? Absolutely. I thought at one point she had to go out into the world, sort of like a mermaid rumspringa, to get yeah. pregnant and then come back. And yeah. I thought that that's why she only had like seven days to get pregnant. And then that sort of made sense as to why she wanted to bang immediately. I think she's a male of her species, and she has put <laughs> eggs inside of Tom Hanks and is dragging him to the bottom of the ocean, and he will explode with Little Mermaid. Like a seahorse. four more days. Yeah, yeah, like a seahorse. That makes sense. This is just a continuation of Horror Virgin's cult month where he's the <laughs> sacrifice. Yes. Like, yeah. the, like the Wicker Man, she's having to bring him back to her cult so that they can kill him for a bountiful seaweed harvest. I think we all just wrote a better movie. Yeah, I honestly feel like we uh, are going to get greenlit. Someone get at us, and we can uh, lock this down. I contributed to an article for A24 one time and felt very fancy. That's really fancy. Honestly, that's closer than we've ever gotten to them. So let's just get into this movie so we can chat about how this is a horror movie. Let's do it. We open with the sound of seagulls over some bonkers long credits in which they tell us that this was to Directed by Ron Howard twice. I saw that. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I saw it a minute and a half ago in these same credits. And honestly, if you're that proud of this movie that you want to put your name on it twice, you've got issues, man. When I tell you <laughs> how popular this movie is regarded, that to the point that it offends my sensibilities... <laughs> Remember, it came out in the early 80s page. And we'll talk about this some when we talk box office. But yeah, people love yeah. and loved this movie. This movie almost won a goddamn Oscar. What? For what? Screenplay. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Yes. That hurts my feelings, Paige. It hurts my soul, Todd. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to stop making jokes for a second and say... Time to get serious, Mikey. Bring it in. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm going to get serious yeah. because of Paige's revelation. I never really understood the motivations of the characters, really. Besides, like, I get that they loved each other, but it didn't really explain the, the rules of the mermaid being on land, and it didn't explain why Tom Cruise... Not Tom Cruise. Better oh movie. Oh, my God, if Tom Cruise was in this movie. Tom Cruise in 84, too. Like, young Tom Cruise. Like, before Top Gun, after Legend, Tom Cruise still got a crooked tooth. I'm into it. Yeah, but I'm also I'm thinking Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise, but he's secretly a fish, secret fish agent man. <laughs> oh my god! Mission Swim Possible. <laughs> yes! I got the first thirty pages for 
you ready? <laughs> I'm gonna do the same thing. Swim with an S dollar sign. I'm loving it. Paige, how are we not making this movie right now? Cast Jason Statham <laughs> as his brother. <laughs> He's got gills behind his ears like Waterworld. Guys, how is this not a movie? I swim life one quarter nautical mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Mikey, you were trying to make a, make a point. Okay, and we okay. rudely interrupted you with our brilliant but film pitch. It, it never shows me like <laughs> why she loves him. The whole significance of her saving him as a child, why he's incapable of loving someone, why John Candy is also incapable of loving someone. No, John Candy loves too much, Mikey. John Candy is like you, <laughs> like falling in love really quickly, but can't make it work because he has commitment issues and obsessed with Penthouse Magazine. Like all of those <laughs> things are things I think of Mikey on. I, I have some critiques on John Candy in this movie later on and some fun facts about how that came to be. But one of the things that really struck me about this movie is that it's a movie in <laughs> our modern day yeah, okay. where there is it posits a world where mermaids exist. Yes. And we find out nothing about them because we're too busy watching the life of a regular dude. Of John Q. Public. Of John Q. Public. <laughs> yeah. Because a mythical fucking cryptid can't talk for 40 minutes of this movie. Not until she watches TV for a day. And they think that we don't care. Like, that's what Little Mermaid two years after this gets right. Is that like, I don't want to know what Tom Hanks is doing. I could figure that out. What's the mermaid doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's her life? Who is she? What was the significance of that necklace? Why is her hair so long? Why does she own a crimper underwater? Like all of these questions. <laughs> the best character arc of the movie, the only character development I really see is Eugene Levy. He's my favorite character. He's the only one who grows in the film shows you why. I want to see a movie just with Eugene Levy's character and the secretary from the food distribution place. <laughs> I want to see him fall in love. Her with a bra outside her shirt, him with his arm in <laughs> a cast the whole time. It didn't look that bad. She was pulling it off. I mean, honestly, she didn't need all that support. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's doing all right. Yep. That must have been a she-fit bra. We have not even started the movie <laughs> So we're uh, at the credits page, you were saying? <laughs> we're at the credits. Then we get a Chiron that says Cape Cod 20 years ago. And it's in sepia tone. And the music that we were hearing during the credits is now diegetic to the scene, which means it's happening yeah. in real life with a band. And they're trying to make it look like the 60s, but it definitely still looks like the 80s. They did like the bare minimum of like, look, one person is in a skirt. And that's why it's the 60s. You remember the 60s oh. when everyone was wearing a skirt? A skirt? <laughs> you mean, oh, you mean 20 years ago. Oh, no, the 60s were fully 60 years ago. For us, but in this movie. I, yeah, 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 yeah. This movie's like almost 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, so a young boy is tossing coins and then looking up the skirt of women on this boat. So, like, he's tossing coins on the ground and then bending down as if he's picking them up and then, like, peeking up skirts, which is, I don't, <sighs> not that exciting. What Were you excited when he does it as a fully grown man, Paige? No, I was fucking terrified. And in fact, in this scene, I just said, this kid is a future predator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rewriting this movie. Mermaids are predators and they're pulling down people for them to hunt later. Yeah. Ooh. I like it. I'm on board. Replace Tom Hanks with Carl Weathers. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so then the kid glances into this water and he says, you know what I hate? Life. 
we assume it's the brother because we see the parents scolding the kid right. with the coins. Yeah. And then the other kid is looking over the side, Alan. So we assume that they're brothers. Alan jumps into the water uh, while everyone's freaking out because he's gone overboard. His brother takes the chance to look at more skirts. And then underwater, Alan meets a young girl mermaid and he gets rescued and she's sad. And her sad face made me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish he saw her on the surface so it didn't just look like he was jumping off a boat for no reason. Right, where he was just like, I can't. He's like, my name is George Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) I think the movie is trying to posit the idea that he has always been drawn to water. So we cut to New York, 1984, and the Chiron just says New York this morning. And I don't know if... Because, like, Mannequin did this, too, where it was, like, 20 minutes ago, you know, or whatever like that. I don't know if this was just a thing that they thought was a fun in-joke at the time, but they do it here, too. (laughs) And we cut to the loading docks, uh, or at least the the warehouse district is what I would call it, where Tom Hanks, who is Alan, the little boy who was in the water, all grown up, is running a produce distribution business. So that's basically what it is. And it's hectic. People are bringing in slimy cherries. The guy delivering the slimy cherries basically tells him that he has to take them because of a deal that he made with his brother, Eddie, the one with the coins. Well, he legit lost a card game to him. That's why. Yeah, Yeah. poker game. Yeah. Yeah. At which point, John Candy pulls up in a red Corvette. Little red Corvette. Baby, much too fast. And he was driving it much too fast because he (laughs) slams into boxes and then yells at the employees for putting the boxes there. As you do. My biggest question was like, how are these two brothers, but clearly like 20 years apart? I mean, you've seen the movie Twins. It happens, Paige. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. I choose to see that movie as a documentary about genetics, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i'm 14 years older than my brother yeah but like are you saying you're the john candy in this movie how many letters has penthouse published i don't want (laughs) to admit that i'm just saying we have a big age difference yes it it could it could happen i just know that we saw these people as children where they were not that far apart in age they could not have been more than two years apart in age yeah yeah and and they actually bring it up later that they're two years apart and then as adults they are like 20 years apart (laughs) well you know john candy's lived some hard life yeah like in this movie and while filming this movie (laughs) in this scene he shows up with literally stacks of penthouse magazine yes because they printed his letter called a lesbian no more which i can only imagine is heights of offensiveness that we could never hope to achieve let's just not imagine it because i would assume he wrote this article like he's the jason lee character in chasing amy and if you know that movie you get that joke and if you don't know that movie i'm gonna make us watch it at some point because it's wildly (laughs) or Gili too Gili has a similar plot so he brings copies of penthouse for everyone which Call HR because that's a bad idea. It's funny that you think HR existed in 84. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, HR does not exist to help employees. They exist to protect the company from legal risk. This is a big legal risk for the company. <laughs> well, nowadays it is, but in 84, I don't think the person who owns the business coming in with porno mags would put the company at legal risk, even though it should have. <laughs> They'd be like, he gave them to you for free. <laughs> yeah, why are you complaining? He didn't make you look at it, even though he opened the article 
and shoved it in your face. Yep. And before someone says, why are you defending John Candy? That's not what I'm saying. I think what it does is horrible. <laughs> I think all of the 80s were suspect about shit like this. This movie is like a who's who of suspicious 80s goings on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... Uh, in order to appease the customer who wanted the cherries but not the slimy cherries, they give him bananas at cost. And we find out that one of their employees is getting married the next day. They go to their office where it's the first time that we meet their receptionist where he basically says, any messages? And she just says, yes, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I love their assistant. She's my favorite. Yeah. What are they? Your father called. Well, he passed five years ago. Yeah. Should I call him for you? <laughs> I would have said yes. If you can get him on the phone, I'd love to say hello to my dad. But no, it's not possible. Would love it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I love that Mikey fully shames me for losing my dad. Like it's my fault my dad like got lost somewhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in the endless, we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying your father's death was your fault. You're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad. Anyway, this is the first time we hear about her having an accident over the weekend where she sustained a head injury from lightning wait the assistant yes which is never explained yes. again it's never talked about ever again i missed that completely and that blows my mind because that means until that she was like normal i guess yes and what tom hanks says is she's okay <laughs> she can do some stuff and john candy's like yeah like jumpstart a car <laughs> implying that she's like electric i honestly like that makes me more mad for them like they should know there's an issue that she needs to go to the doctor for but they fully just keep her employed and make her work there <laughs> i mean that's I, horrific probably i'm no probably not i was gonna say health insurance but this is the 80s i mean maybe perfected. maybe but i'm also like ernest went to goes to jail came out so like Technically, that could be what people believed happened when you got struck by lightning. That's true. I mean, the 80s was the time when any superpower was sort of explained away by struck by lightning. Yeah. So maybe they were just like keeping her around to see if she was like now a super whiz accountant or something like that that would help them with their business. Maybe she gets spider powers. <laughs> I want to know what kind of lame ass comic books Todd read where like accounting was the superhero. He was... <laughs> I would just try to find a reason for them keeping her around the office. First of all, administrative assisting, Mikey. And as the person on the podcast who has to deal with our CPA, I feel attacked. I thought he was a superhero. <laughs> He's just Todd in glasses. <laughs> but that's my superpower. It's the opposite of like Clark Kent Superman. <laughs> Just like, you look a lot like Todd, but you're good at math for some reason, which honestly <laughs> would be a great disguise because <laughs> I'm terrible at math. I had to blackmail my Algebra 2 teacher to let me pass. Yeah. And you also like put your credit card information up that on a live stream. But then, but then we all made fun of you. Yeah. And then literally the next time we got on a Zoom call, Mikey answered the phone and went, <laughs> Yes, my credit card info is 4217. Yep. <laughs> I've got it written down here if you want it, Paige. So <laughs> I know both of your credit card information. Yeah. If you want this $14, come and get it. Come at me, girl. <laughs> and also, I was not broadcasting live video to the internet. I was on a call with two of my most trusted friends. Trusted <laughs> friends who have an Amazon wish list. I feel like we talked about this enough on the horror version episode where you lambasted me for the first five minutes of that episode. 
Rude. What was that? The uh, the ritual episode. <laughs> this is the ritual. Uh, but yeah, if you want to see me give away my credit card information and or stream horror video games, go to twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, <laughs> where it's going to be a lot of fun. If you accidentally do it again, I'm going to laugh oh my so god. hard. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll lose my mind. <laughs> so Tom Hanks asks John Candy, what are you doing here? And he reveals that he was out drinking the night before and he met the head of a chain of supermarkets uh, and told him that he and his brother own this business and his brother's a Vietnam vet. So now he wants to do business, which will only come back once and then never really pay off through the rest of the movie. Yeah, although I think it sort of signifies in this movie a shift from Tom Hanks doing everything right. to make this business work. And then he sort of the minute he meets a woman is like, fuck it, I'm out, John, you figure it out. And yeah. John Candy sort of runs the business Which honestly he doesn't seem that upset by Like I feel like the brotherly relationship Is honestly pretty solid in this movie Yeah to be honest Yeah While they're talking about it The phone rings And Tom Hanks answers it And his girlfriend is moving out of the apartment Right away It's like Richard Gere and Pretty Woman Yeah it's exactly like that Because it's like a disembodied voice on the phone That we never see And he doesn't handle it like it matters Pretty Woman Swimming down the street, pretty woman. <laughs> oh, shit, Mikey. I love it. Anyway, we cut to the wedding the next day for their coworker. John Candy's still dropping coins because he's a full-blown predator in this film. Yes, this man should be in jail. Like, if you're doing this so brazenly, what do you do when you're, like, at a bar and people around you are drunk? There's no way he's not taking advantage of women. Yes. He should be in jail. And honestly... At the end of this movie, he's in jail forever. Yeah. 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 And he's also really rich because he only drops like quarters. And back in 84, that was like a dollar and a half. <laughs> I mean. I do feel like Mikey is on some level trying to justify John Candy's behavior. <laughs> and oh, wow. That's concerning. Gonna, I see. I see with his pocket. You know, I, I feel like John Candy has a thing with quarters because like an Uncle Buck, he flicks a quarter at a lady to have a, a rat gnaw a mole off of her face. So maybe he just likes quarters. That was a deep pull, but I'm impressed by it. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm impressed by that, that. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go on the record and say I do not condone what he's doing. Uh, now, my favorite part of this scene is as people come through, they're asking Tom Hanks like, "Oh, where's Victoria? Is she gonna be here?" And he gives increasingly less polite responses. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, she's sick. She's she'll be fine, but she's just gotta get over the flu." And then he's like, "Yeah, she's got the flu." And then the last guy, he's like, "She left me, okay." Just leave me yeah. alone. And then John Candy was like, uh, that was the bride's brother or whatever. She was like, <laughs> and he didn't even ask about Victoria. He was just like, no. hey, hey, Alan. And by the time he gets the hey, Alan part out, she left me. Just like all of it. It did perfectly cu- capture what it is like to be an usher at a wedding. You can sit anywhere but the first three rows. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, you I, sit I like anywhere that he but the screams at people and then the first three rows. I once attended a very bougie wedding where I was a groomsman and I had like a tux, gloves on, like I had white gloves on and I had to usher people down the aisles. It was a very bougie wedding. Like there was a federal senator there that I had to escort him and his wife to their seat. Did he watch you pee? No, that was a different senator. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the senator from Florida. There, It was in Tallahassee. Forget his name. He's probably an alligator in a suit. <laughs> what district are you the senator for? Meth. <laughs> no, I said Florida, not Ohio. <laughs> Have you seen the shirts that just say ban Ohio on it? 
<laughs> yes. I love it. I want to get one so bad. Man, if only you had credit cards to, to order a t-shirt <laughs> like that. <laughs> I finally did get my new debit card, and I spent literally two hours switching over all my automatic payments. You asshat. It's so hot. I'm taking my sweater off. Layer is coming off. We're seeing a D layer. Oh, my God. Todd's arms. I don't think I've ever seen Todd's arms. you never seen guns like this. I have. <laughs> anyway, so after the wedding, they're at and what seems to be an open bar. And Tom Hanks is passed out drunk on the bar with pretzel stuck to his face. I love that. He's literally laying on the bar. Because at first glance, I thought he was just like head leaned over onto the bar. Right. And John Candy's like, Talking to him like a brother would Like it's a simple algebraic equation About body weight to alcohol drank And your problem <laughs> isn't so much That you drank too much alcohol It's that you're too skinny Which I thought was very funny Coming from John Candy He delivers it amazingly yeah. He's very very funny Yeah. But then it's revealed That he is not face down on the bar He is laying across Like long ways right. on the bar And yep. then as John Candy Like helps him get off the bar He's like let me move this chair Out of your way That he was fully using To support himself and then Tom <laughs> right. Hanks falls on the floor and John Kennedy just goes, whoops, looks like you fell. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just thought that was so funny. I, I don't know. To me, they, they really honestly felt like brothers to me. It was great. They like, really did. Yeah. Like, I could see that being Mikey and myself, like, hanging out, just, like, sort of giving each other shit, but it comes from a place of love. Right, Mikey? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and what I think <laughs> sure. is really interesting that we see in this, <laughs> what I think is really interesting that we see in this scene First and foremost, we watch as Tom Hanks cock blocks like two couples in a row. Oh, yes. Like, hardcore. Yeah. But it was so, because he's not meaning to, but it's really funny. But he's just drunk and can't read a room. Yeah. Now, conversely, we, uh, we see John Candy be the perfect embodiment of when personality trumps everything <laughs> because he's got like two hot ladies. He's like, we're going to Rio. They have a timeshare. Fuck everything. And Tom Hanks is like, no, I'm going to go to Cape Cod because I feel better out there. And he doesn't let John Candy drive him. He's going to take a taxi to Cape Cod. Yeah. And the taxi driver at first is just like, um, do you have the money for that? Because it is not a cheap cab ride. It's about 300 miles. Yeah, that would be like a five hour drive, something like that. At least four and a half hours. Yeah, that yeah. would be insane. So we cut to Cape Cod. He's walking along the beach and we see a group of quote unquote researchers loading scientific equipment into a truck. Why'd you say quote unquote researcher? Do you think he's not a scientist? Well, first of all, somebody says that he's not at the end, but also I think he is. I don't think the other two oh, are. Oh, the other two fully are. He just like hired them as like laborers to help him around the boat and help him like load and unload shit. And they are... Like one person short of a stooges. Yeah, it's astounding how dumb they are. Yeah. <laughs> like to the point where you're like, how'd you even get hired? How is this boat on the water? <laughs> like, how are you not dead at the bottom of the sea? Like Tom Hanks is at the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they sacrificed him for the seaweed harvest. <laughs> no, uh, I've, I've revised my theory. Okay. She's like, we all float down here. It's Pennywise. Oh, she's like, come on, Georgie. We all have sex <laughs> down here. You float too. I did not think the movie Splash would be a crossover episode, but I'm here for it. So Tom Hanks approaches them. He's super hungover. Yes. He's like sweating through his suit. And he's like, I got dropped off on the wrong side of the beach. Can you take me to the island? And they're like, no. 
No, and who sent you? Who sent you to steal our research? And it's bonkers. Yeah, well, it's Eugene Levy, too. We should say that, because the head yeah. researcher is Eugene Levy and is amazing right. in this. He's so good. Oh, yes. Yeah. And one of his grunts basically is like, hey, there's a guy down the beach that runs people out to the island, and he says, what's his name? And he says, the guy or the island? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'll find him. And we cut to him in a boat with a man named Fat Jack. Yes. Well, he calls him Fat Jack. I get the impression Jack doesn't love that name. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I feel like you don't get to call people fat anything to their face without them telling you that you can. Agreed. Well, I mean, it Agreed. was the 80s. But yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. I just loved how stupidly small the boat was. Yeah. And that was so the bigger small. of his two boats. Right. Because he's like, I'll be back with the little boat. Yeah. And the idea that a man of his size could swim a couple miles. Like two miles. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm smaller than that dude. Hell no. <laughs> I'm dead at mile one, I think. Yeah. Swimming is hard. In the ocean, too. Yeah, you like, gotta fight waves and currents and shit. Yeah. yeah. That, what we don't find out is that Fat Jack was also taken to the Mermaid City for food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to fight in the Mermaid Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, my God. Murmurdom. <laughs> See, that's... Okay, now we're just writing Aquaman. Yeah, and honestly, doing a better job. Hey, Patrick Wilson's in that, so... Uh, yeah, he ain't no Patrick Pilsen. Ain't no Patrick Pilsen up in here, so... <laughs> that man can get it. When Fat Jack finds out that he can't swim, he rocks the boat <laughs> to kind of mock him, get some water in the motor, the motor sputters, he dives off the side of the boat and is like, I'll swim back for the small boat. Immediately he says that. Immediately yeah. when the boat won't start once, he's like, all right, I'm out. I got to go. And then Michael Bolton swims up and goes, this is the tale of Fat Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> so he swims away and Tom Hanks is just like, oh, what? What, what, what now? And by the way, he does momentarily try to fix that motor by just hitting it with a hammer. Oh, and it works, Paige. It works. Well, when Tom Hanks does it, it works. The motor sputters to life, knocking Tom Hanks out of the boat. Yeah. It hits his head and... Well, because it circles him. Like, it circles yeah. him like it should be playing... Dun -dun. Like, like it should be playing the Jaws music. And it, I, I think it's hilarious that it slowly comes at him and he goes... Oh bother Or whatever he says And lets it hit him in the head He could have jumped up And grabbed onto it Or he could have swum under it Swum? That's right Right? That's that's correct He swum? doesn't do yeah. any of those things He lets it hit him in the head And knock him out But as you know He can't swum oh, Yeah that's true He can't That is true He can't swum You're right He can't swum uh, So he's just floating there Like big boat Go in the water Smaller boat Come out of the water <laughs> 22 boats <laughs> <laughs> Only 22 <laughs> boats came out of the water. Yeah. Uh, now, back on the oh shore, the science people spot him basically out of the boat. Yes. And they're like, he's on to us. We're going to try and avoid him at all costs. This is also where, so we find out that the uh, Eugene Levy's character's last name is Cornbluth. Yeah. But the guys that he's hired call him Corn Beef. Yeah. I mean, it sounds <laughs> sort of similar, and they are, you know, not the brightest bulbs. Which is, he's corned beef in my notes for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm fine with that. So he dives off the side of the boat to try and search for. He won't tell them what he's searching for. They think it's buried treasure. And they say, let's pee down his air hose. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a patty underwater advanced scuba diver. Um, I've been certified oh, in everything. Is there a movie we can talk about where you can't douche out? <laughs> no, no, there's not. But he um, he wears a tank. He has a tank on his back strapped to his... And an air hose. I know. That's my point. So he would not need one of those things. You don't need a tank and an air hose. Mm-hmm. You would just need the tank. And when he gets out and he starts yelling about like their rocking chair being on the air hose, which I know is not now, but when he's yelling at them, he fully has a tank on his back not connected. It drove me insane. Insane. Those things are heavy. You would not wear that if you were not going to use it. Ahem. I watched Curse of Oak Island, and one time they <laughs> sent a guy. <laughs> Is there not a movie you can't douche out about? <laughs> one time they sent a guy with both for safety. Yeah, but you would have it hooked up. It honestly bothered me way more than it should have. <laughs> anyway, as that's all happening, Tom Hanks drifts downward to die of drowning. And he does die here. The rest of this movie is a Jacob's Ladder Jacob's situation. Ladder oh, I'm tired of the Jacob's Ladder situation. That's the only way you can explain Daryl Hannah's both attraction to him and behavior. Um, I think Daryl Hannah's been grooming him since he was a child. <laughs> She's fully like 85 years old when she met him. Like as they look like kids. She's like Grogu in the way they age. Yeah. She's like baby Yoda, but baby mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that like mythology wise, mermaids, they were notorious for like calling people off ships to their death. Yes. So like, you know, that would make sense. Maybe he died as a little boy and this is all been a oh my god if jacob's ladder situations are like real and i have to go through like high school and college in my jacob's ladder situation i'm gonna be pissed no it means you already have Ooh. you died oh, as a shit. child maybe i died in the wreck page oh uh, well actually page i have a classy license in dying <laughs> uh i'm patty certified in dying <laughs> anyway <laughs> his wallet falls out he wakes up on the beach where Daryl Hannah is like peeking out of some plants. Fully naked. Fully naked. Yeah. And he's like, do you know how I got here? Did you save me? Do you speak English? And she kind of starts to run away and he kind of catches her on the beach. And she stops and kisses him before diving back into the water. So weird though, right? Like out of nowhere kisses him. I turned to Natalie and I was like, and that's the movie? Done. Um, It kind of is. But it's like so many movies end with your two leads kissing on a beach. And this movie does it in the first 15 minutes. This movie only makes sense uh, if tadpole mermaids imprint on the first male they see when they're of age. What is this? Twilight <laughs> underwater world? <laughs> the only way this movie makes sense. So because what she does, she swims down through kind of like the coral reef she swims past corn beef and then he's like oh my god a mermaid it's her it turns out that's what he's been looking for this whole time yeah and she swims to a shipwreck she looks at maps finds a map of new york matches it to his wallet and is like that's where i will swim to it's insane that she looks at like a pirate map and goes oh i know where this motherfucker lives yeah yeah because there's a mermaid city 
and they have to be avoiding people, so they have to know where the cities are. So they have to have mer people maps. Um, Mikey, they're called mer maps in the scuba diving world. <laughs> mer maps. <laughs> <laughs> what we're really missing is the scene after this where she visits the sea witch and she's just like I admit that in the past I've been a nasty and like sells her ability to walk for her voice. Uh, Keep singing! I know all of that. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm in the car alone, I do Ursula the Sea Witch and Ariel at the same time. That's just tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Paige, why are you watching tentacle porn while you're driving? I, you don't know my life. <laughs> so we cut back to New York, present day, yeah. and Tom Hanks is having a terrible day. I do not know how he got back to New York. Me either. He just shows up back there, which, fine. But, like, as you said, these people are obscenely rich. They meet the president of the United States later. Oh, yeah! What the <laughs> fuck was that? It shows up, and then it's nowhere, and it has no bearing on the story, and it's fucking weird. But also, I'm just thinking along the lines of, like, he lost his wallet, so he has no identification. Yeah, no money. No money, nothing. How did he get back? No idea. Maybe he called and wired money. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe his brother drove out there and got him. Who knows? Yeah. Because it does just sort of jump, and we just don't get answers to those questions. But I'm sort of fine with that. It's not super important. Well, it's a, an Academy-nominated screenplay. I mean, yeah, like, there couldn't be plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the president comes to town just to work on his tight five for some reason. That seems like what he was there I for. Know, he it's was just bonkers. like Uber drivers, right? Who's dating in Los Angeles? <laughs> and so he's having a terrible day. And this is the first time we see the secretary with her bra outside her clothes. Oh, so good. So funny. So funny. And he is, is about to tell her and then is just like, nope, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. I probably wouldn't tell you either. Like, I would assume that it's a conscious decision you've made for whatever reason and whatever. It's not obscene. No. In fact, she's more covered. Yeah. Leave it up to Todd to defend weird layering. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the Statue of Liberty where Daryl Hannah Climbs up on land completely naked. And my favorite is the tour guide is like running through the motions. And then he just goes symbolizing hope for naked women everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then he just says, botchy balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes no sense at all. It's a pretty great performance, though, by this guy who I've never seen in anything else. He's no Vicky, though, but he's great. That's what I needed. I needed a Vicky. Same. I needed Vicky. <laughs> I, we all need more Vicky in our lives. Phil Hartman, we miss you. And then the Statue of Liberty pissed into the bitch's <laughs> ocular cavity. <laughs> I couldn't even finish it. It was too great. So they arrest her. They put her in an I Love New York t-shirt. <laughs> they do not put her in pants, though, which I thought was interesting. Well, I think it's because they just grabbed whatever they could from the gift shop, and I don't think the gift shop had pants. That's fair. And it is a long shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she basically just hands them his wallet. Back at the fruit place... He's a grocery importer, okay? Yeah, he's, he's a He's a produce importer. It's a fruit place. Whatever, it's a fruit place. They have vegetables. Do they? Onions. Oh, that's true. I guess they do have onions. Oh, I guess onions. Okay, that's fair. Sorry, yeah. Mikey. Sorry. That's right. Eat it, people. Eat an onion? Uh, Okay, maybe. It's got to be cooked, though. Yeah. They're meeting with the head of the grocery chain that's now going to use them as their produce distributor. <laughs> as they're having this meeting, the phone rings. Tom Hanks answers it. He's still concussed, by the way. He's got like the... A bandage on his head. And this is how we find out that John Candy told that guy that 
the injury he got in Nam was that he took a grenade to his helmet <laughs> yes. while on the telephone. Oh, I guess that happens a little bit later. But yeah, while on the telephone. Yeah. yeah. When you say it's a meeting, it's you make it sound like they're like in a boardroom sitting down looking at PowerPoint stuff. No, they just rolled up. They're literally in like the driveway of this place. Tom Hanks pulls in, gets a phone call, goes over, answer it, and runs out and leaves. Yeah, and just pieces out. He gets to the police station. And they're like, who the hell are you? And he's like, you guys called me. And they just turn her over to him. He doesn't know her name. She kisses him. And they're just like, good enough for us. We're going to overboard this shit. Get on out of here, you two. <laughs> they did less than in overboard. Because in overboard, he like tells her about the mole or whatever. Yeah. You got to remember you were in the Navy. <laughs> yeah. They just hand this woman over like. Oh, she kissed him. Yeah, they must know each other. Uh, so we cut to his apartment building, which has a revolving door, which she gets confused by, which is pretty great. It is pretty great. You could say that this is a fish out of water story. <laughs> you could say that, Mikey. Oh, Mikey. This is why I'm so glad you're on the podcast. <laughs> you're like, no one would legitimately come up with jokes this bad. <laughs> but no, Mikey, no one could make them work. <laughs> That's the power of Mikey I sacrificed making relationships works for jokes If you have to give up ever being happy To make this a success That's a sacrifice I'm willing for you to make <laughs> we cut to them in the elevator going up to his apartment and they're just making out yeah she's all over him she's all over him and i'm just like i feel like this is irresponsible because she cannot effectively communicate right like she doesn't speak english he doesn't know her name she doesn't know anything about the world she is literally a fish out of water <laughs> as mikey so eloquently put it yes i figure she knows a little about the world like she has one of those rooms where she has like forks and teapots yeah and Things she finds in the ocean floor and sings about it. Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing. Hell yeah, Paige. Wandering free. Wish I could be. Fucking Tom Hanks. <laughs> they straight bone. Yes. Multiple times. Here's what's problematic with me about these sex scenes is that obviously he did not get her very wet. I goddamn it! I have that written as a joke later. <laughs> you know what's funnier? Natalie and I had this conversation last night when we, when we were watching it. And Paige, if we need to do another behind the meat curtain segment on this, please correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But when that happens to a lady. It's not salt water, and it is salt water that transfers her legs into a fin. I think it's any water. No, I think it's just salt water. No, I think it's any water because you've got the buckets and the spray thing, and neither of those are salt buckets water. It's in the mop. You don't, no, you don't know. I mean, you don't know that because... I'm pretty sure the spray thing isn't salt yeah, water. I mean, thing. but Eugene Levy knows about mermaids. He knows all the tales, all of the tricks and trades, so he may have thought ahead to do oh. that. And when We're she gets so... in the bath... No, this is the shit we've got to figure out, Mikey. We are so This perverted. is the important We've ruined things. all of these movies with conversations like this. <laughs> we didn't ruin this movie, Mikey. The screenwriters did. This movie is not named Sploosh. This movie is named Splash. <laughs> Sploosh? She has to Sploosh. pour uh, salt in the bath for her legs to change. I think she's just doing it for her own comfort. Maybe. Yeah. If you want to soak in a salt bath, though, Epsom salt, not fucking also, table the, salt. The fire hose doesn't have salt in it. So everything he tries doesn't have salt. 
All right. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. But also, people with vaginas don't secrete salt water. Look, I'm no doctor, Paige. <laughs> yeah, clearly. So I don't know. I mean, but skin is salty, so it might taste kind of salty. Oh. God. <laughs> I'm just worried about, like, what if there was a fire and his sprinklers went off while they were having sex? I, I think we are ignoring the most important part, which is she's taking him down to that mermaid city. He's still got legs and a penis, and she's got a fin. What's going to happen? They're going to eat him and have a wonderful <laughs> yeah, harvest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. He is not going to live. She already <laughs> proves that they are carnivores. That's true. I have notes on that later, but yes. Anyway, he gets her food, but they end up having sex again, and he eventually goes back to work, leaving her alone with the TV, where she sees a commercial for Bloomingdale's, so yes. she puts on one of his suits, goes outside, Bloomingdale's is the first word she learns, because the 80s are just like, women be shopping, not talking, oh my god. You know, fish be shopping, right? <laughs> Fish be shopping I do love like the 80s were the time period In which people thought you could learn Language through the TV From the television yeah. yeah There are so many movies from that time period that were like We need to explain how they learned English in a day Let's just say they watched TV But also the night before Christmas Where he's just like It's lit AF Prithy yes Toodle pip Yeah that's fair <laughs> So I mean it happens a lot I don't understand why that is though I don't know It's one of my favorite cliches My favorite version of it is in Better Off Dead Where there's two brothers that learned from sports announcers Oh And so they're just like It's a beautiful day for competition <laughs> The exact cadence of it is so funny That is pretty great What is the 80s romantic comedies about Hooking up with women who transform into things I don't know There's a lot of them Yeah Wasn't one of them called Beastmaster? No Beastmaster <laughs> <laughs> I love how Mikey thought I was being serious I know I'm like Actually Beastmaster is the movie about How a man can talk to animals And he has to defeat the evil sorcerer And I'm like Oh damn it it was a joke. <laughs> you can tell which co-host of the podcast is a deep diver on all things Beastmaster. First off, I believe Beastmaster 2 goes into present day 80s and it's not like a fantasy film. There was a Beastmaster television show that what? my sister oh and my I God. occasionally watched. I've achieved all I wanted to with that joke. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's no Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> uh, so... She makes it to Bloomingdale's and a salesperson comes up and is just like, your outfit is trash, uh, but you're skinny, <laughs> just like my anorexic daughter. Oh, yeah. man, that was so oh, problematic, man. so yeah. yeah, my daughter is lucky. She's anorexic. And that's why it's problematic, because she positions it as lucky that she has a disease. Yeah, so she buys a ton of stuff and just uses his card. Yeah. They tell her to go to the lingerie department, which we don't see her do. Which honestly surprised me a little bit. I feel like there was like a rated, like a hard R cut of this movie that did not make it out. Well, I watched this on Disney Plus, and I know for a fact they uh, poorly digitally edited some scenes to cover her bare ass. Yeah, really badly. Yeah. Did you watch it on Disney Plus too? I did watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah. I did not. I watched it on YouTube. Uh, but read about that in Fun Facts. Yeah, when um when she runs back into the water, it's not even like 
convincing at all. It looks like she has a mane growing out of her tramp stamp. <laughs> well, the one I watched, it almost looked like she, like they had attached a piece of a wig to her underwear. Like she was wearing a thong and yeah, they yeah, attached yeah. a wig along the top of it. Yeah. So I think it wasn't that great to begin with. I, I do be. think that though, like there may be like a harder rated cut of this film because there's like there seems like it seems really sexual for a PG movie. Oh, I'm sure there's a porn version of this film. Well, there was a topless review for this in <laughs> Vegas at the time. That checks out because Vegas is a terrible, terrible place. That is what they actually do call sploosh. 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 Yeah. Anyway, so she makes it to the TV department and she basically starts watching all the TV screens. And kind of participating with the commercials a little bit. Oh, and she is working out with Richard Simmons. Yeah. Which, love it. Yeah, me too. I I wish they could put those on Netflix. I would use them all the time. That was like, my grandma used to work out to Richard Simmons every day. It's so fun. I love Richard Simmons. Yeah. Tom Hanks comes home to his apartment and she's gone. So he runs down to the doorman and is like, where is she? And he's like, oh, I put her in a cab to Bloomingdale's. No, he goes... Uh, I'm looking for a lady, and he goes, 200 bucks. Yeah. Like, this is not the first time he's asked the doorman for a sex worker. Right, and right, that right. is alone concerning. That's true. Also, that's expensive for the 80s. Well, he's a he's a high-class dude. Yeah. Or maybe the doorman is taking a cut. Oh, the doorman definitely gets a cut in that situation. Anywho, he <laughs> runs down to Bloomingdale's, and he finds her dancing to Richard Simmons, and the people in the television department are like, we've been trying to get her to leave for, like, six hours, but she's just exercising i don't know they're honestly sort of nice about it though he's like let's just let her stay a little bit longer we're about to close yeah yeah but he basically gets her and he's like yeah sorry she doesn't speak english and she's just like hello alan how was your day speaks perfect (laughs) english yeah Yeah. thank you for letting me use your television and this is where he asks her like what's your name and she says it's hard to say in english and she makes dolphin sounds which shatter the tvs and then it cuts back to tom hanks and he's just like how about them Knicks or whatever? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to them walking on the sidewalk after, and he's like, "How'd you learn English?" And she's like, "I learned from television. And if you answer my questions correctly, you could qualify for these prizes." <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really do this much through the rest of the movie because she gets better at English. But this first pass at English that has all these kind of idiosyncratic phrases is really really funny of just it would have been a great bit to keep doing yes like a new car at least for a few more scenes yeah um but so they kind of get to know each other on this walk uh she finds a walk sign that she thinks is really pretty yeah do you get it mikey because it says walk and she couldn't until now (laughs) Mm. so he is asking her questions about like where she's from and she's giving him really simplistic like you know, one or two word answers. She's hearing music for the first time. She likes it. And then they, she like presses up against the window of a pizza place and just says, did you see this? Wonderfully delicious and so good for you, which is yeah. a commercial. Did you see what the theater in the background It was playing, playing Evil Dead. And another one was The Outsiders. Yeah. 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 I saw oh, that. I was like, nice. oh my God, that's an amazing like time period for movies. Okay, so if you guys found a really attractive person who was only attracted to you and just learned how to speak English, would you also think you were going to be murdered by this person? Yes. I mean, I married them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe. When Jake walked out of the woods from his Sasquatch family and told me that he only had six days, I knew I had to make it count. He's Harry from Harry and the Henderson's son. 
He's the hottest one in the Henderson's family. <laughs> what you don't know about Jake is that if you blow mahogany smoke on him, his legs turn into tree trunks. <laughs> Still into it. He's barking up my tree right now. <laughs> this is also where he finds out that she's only in town for six fun-filled days. Six days and the moon is full. Yeah. I wish she would have went to more detail about like what her yeah. deal was. Yeah. In this Oscar-nominated script. And... She also tells him at this point that if she stays longer, then she can never go back. And he's like, ah, an immigration problem. Yeah. But, okay, so it might have actually been an immigration problem. Because, like, it wasn't about her, like, powers. It wasn't about her fins because you just got to get her wet and she swims. Well, we don't know if that's a permanent yeah. thing. Yeah. This could definitely be a sea witch issue. Yes. Of just, like. They call those switch issues. But, yeah. yeah. Um, hot take. I think it was a cultural issue. She had <laughs> seven days to go find a surface dweller to bring back and murder in front of her family, and then she would be a full-fledged mer person. <laughs> a merson, Mikey. A merson. Please. Then you might also have uh, an octopus based on the drag queen divine <laughs> down in the depths, just being like, if you want to cross a bridge, my sweet, you've got to pay the toll. Take a gulp and take a breath and go ahead and sign the scroll. And we just didn't get that scene. Oh. And honestly, this movie is worse for it. That's why Little Mermaid's better. But can you imagine the end of Little Mermaid if Ariel brought home Prince Eric swimming into the big-ass castle and he had to just try it and he's like... What is this? Then we wouldn't get to see her sparkly dress, which is my favorite dress in the movie. <laughs> we should have just watched Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. Actually, where do we fall on doing Disney movies? You know what? Beauty and the Beast is my favorite. I, I don't think we've ever discussed it. I think maybe we'll have to do a Disney month or something, maybe, oh. at some point. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, I'm going to have to call you something in English. And she's like, well, what are English names? And he lists off a bunch of normal names. And then she picks Madison. Well, that's the name of the street. <laughs> Which he's like, he's like, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard of. That's not even a name. I work with a girl named Madison. Also, we had a President Madison. The Madison is like a very popular name. Oh, yes. President Madison, the world famous, one of the most famous presidents. <laughs> How dare you? Dolly Madison was a great hostess and she saved a painting. But also. <laughs> Thank you, Paige. You're welcome. That's why I know who it is. I did a school project yeah. about Dolly Madison where I dressed up as her and passed out cookies. Anyway. Oh, I wish I had been there because I love a Madison cookie. Pixar did not happen. <laughs> I, there probably are photos somewhere. Honestly, cookies or it didn't happen is the more important one. <laughs> so Madison was a last name at the time. Yeah. Uh, obviously the president. That's who the street's named after. Yeah. It was not a first name, or at least a, not a common enough to be recorded first name until after this film. So this is why Mikey works with a girl named Madison. She was conceived in 84. Madison's mom dragged a guy down to the Merced. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old is Madison, Mikey? She's like Late 20s? Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely, that that's checks definitely out. after this. Well, that means that somebody had to name their kid Madison Madison as like the transition. Wait, what? No, I, that's not how that works. <laughs> People just start naming their kid's first name Madison, and then that's that's how that happens. I'm going to abandon this joke like my dad abandoned our family as a child. Oh, did he go to the restaurant in the painting behind you? <laughs> <laughs> he left that restaurant for cigarettes. I never came back. <laughs> anyway, so at this point she asks... If they're going back to his apartment and he was like, well, I was going to get you a hotel. But then after we just like bone zoned this afternoon, I'm pretty sure that I kind of 
do you just want to stay with me? And she was just like, yeah, you're the reason I came here. And he does not ask any questions about that at all. Right? Not a single question. Came here for me. Stalker. Like, not. nope. He's just like, going to keep getting in that sweet fish pussy. Let's do it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he's like, came here for me. I'm going to come there for you. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, I'm realizing now, is a lot like The Shape of Water. I hate that movie. Why? <laughs> the same reasons I don't like this movie. Because she'd be <laughs> masturbating in a tub with something going on the stove, which is really dangerous. I do like that your issue with that is not that she's masturbating in the tub. Normalize it. It's that you should yeah. not do it while cooking. Don't cause a fire. Yeah. I mean, not not on your stove, don't cause a fire. Yeah, you keep the saying? fire between, between yeah. your legs or wherever you are stimulating yourself. But, you know, right. make sure that you're paying attention to your gas and flammable appliances. We ruin all the movies. I'm enhancing this movie with safety tips. <laughs> Did you think we weren't going to ruin this movie, Mikey? Did you think we were going to be like, hey, a dude fucks a fish and there is nothing wrong with that? This makes <laughs> absolute sense. This is no problems. No rewrites. This holds up. I, I do love that Mikey got on the call tonight fully expecting for us to do the standard romancing the pod just gush all over a movie. I mean, she gushes <laughs> all over a lot of stuff in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Namely, Tom Hanks' dick. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know how fish Young. be fucking, right? Yeah, you know how fish be squirting their eggs out into the water and then the male fish squirts semen over the eggs, which then fertilizes them and then they have to guard them as part of a clutch in seaweed. Yeah, it's like romance or whatever. All right, so here's the question. Here's the question I've been wanting to ask you guys. Does it spell more or less fishy? I don't know, Mikey. (laughs) No. Let's go to another behind the meat curtains. Yeah, if you're going to sleep with a meat person, I mean, uh, a, not a meat, meat person? What is a meat person? <laughs> I made a girlfriend out of steaks. It's not weird. Don't shame me for it. No First king off, shaming. You know where we could get a girlfriend made out of steaks? Texas Day Brazil. <laughs> and Mikey will T bone her all night. <laughs> Until he turns it over to Red. <laughs> She's a real snack. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm getting lightheaded. Okay, okay, okay. Fuck. Here's the re- serious time, serious yeah, question time. Serious okay. Question time. You're going to sleep with a mer person. Okay. Were you on top fish or bottom fish? <laughs> Wait. Like, you want a top per half person fish or a bottom half person fish? So, like, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a fair question. But in the in this mystery um <laughs> they they turn, <laughs> they can turn human when they're dry no i'm not talking about this okay. i'm just talking about it because if you're gonna go live with them in their castles, you want above the waist fish or a below the waist fish i think i'm gonna have to go below the waist fish because shoulders I, I yeah, I'm gonna have to go below the waist fish too because I don't think I'd be able to have sex with someone who had a fish have face. Have you seen the teeth <laughs> on a fish? Fish with teeth are terrifying. They can only look at you with one eye at a time. They'd have to turn their whole head. Like, no, you gotta go below the waist yeah, fish. But but you're gonna look a lot bigger. <laughs> In a fish high lens. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily appeal to me unless I could like specifically direct that lens at my chestral area and just be like, I'm blowing your mind. I'm I'm the these are the biggest fish tits you've ever seen. But like I could see how for someone with a penis that might be a plus. No, okay. Here, but here, serious answer, 
you you have to pick bottom half fish because like you want to. Uh, like talk to them like consent is an issue here right but then what are they working with below the and and do you care it, it you know they've got fingers and a mouth yeah <laughs> if they're below the waist fish and i go to their kingdom do they turn me into a below the waist fish or do they just murder me for their seaweed harvest this is the mermaid story i'm looking for <laughs> an anatomically correct mermaid story <laughs> I hate all of this. <laughs> you started it, Mikey. I know. I've started a lot of things that I hate. <laughs> Do you think Tom Hanks on Halloween dresses up like Gordon's fish sticks guy just to scare them? <laughs> um, I, I feel like Tom Hanks should only ever dress as David S. Pumpkins on Halloween. <laughs> I was thinking there's going to be like a chestburster alien kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, that's the seahorse theory. No, it's just like little tadpoles. It's just it's just a thousand mer tadpoles coming out of his stomach. I hate that. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> it's just a bunch of John Candies, and you're just like, how did this happen? And she's like, I cheated on you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I cheated on you. I'm sorry. Like, when it's her time of the month, did she just, like, spit out roe? She just calls it high tide. Oh, my God. She gets a visit from Aunt Roe. Oh. <laughs> anyway, those are my really important thoughts about this film. I'm ready to continue. Uh, so, uh, they go back to his apartment. They're sleeping together. She gets out of bed while he's still asleep. She goes to the kitchen and gets salt, which I don't know how she knew exactly where it was, but she must have found it earlier. She pours it in the bathtub and takes a bath. And miraculously knows how to use all these things in his house. She watched TV for a day, Paige. Duh. Yeah, Paige, come on. Come on. She even watched this movie? <laughs> I do think the effect of her leg turning into a fin was pretty good for 84. I can tell you how they did it because it is a very cool effect. And I th I'm thinking vacuum sealer. That is what it was. Yeah. It was vacuum sealer. That's all I would have done, um, man. Yeah. It's one of the only films to ever use that because by the time they this movie came out there were other options but yeah it is very very cool yeah but so she's in there like just enjoying being in the bath and then he wakes up because he hears the water right and he tries to get in there to see if she's okay and she's terrified that he's going to see her fin. And so he ends up breaking the door down. But by the time he gets in, she has legs again. Yeah, because she climbed out of the tub and dried her legs off. And it's like this whole, like, will she make it out in time? And she does. Right. Which, here's the thing. Controversial statement. I think if she had just let him see the fin that night, he wouldn't have reacted as crazy as he does later. No, I think he would have been 100 percent. Yeah. He's already making really bad decisions. He's not that far off from just being like, oh, okay, you're, you're a mermaid. Okay, that's fine. I mean, to be honest, one of the things I really don't like about the end of this movie is his initial reaction to finding out and to being around her because I feel like that's inconsistent with the rest of his character and it's just a weird reaction like I don't understand it I don't know I've never empathized because I've never been with someone who transformed into a mythological <laughs> creature when they got wet it's because you've never made a woman wet um, so. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, you deserve that for what you just did. I know. <laughs> we cut to corned beef on the boat, and he's still diving, trying to find the mermaid. No luck. Yeah. He comes back up because they're crimping his hose, and one of his assistants is reading what is almost looks like kind of like the National Enquirer. It's the Star Confidential. Yeah. And it has an article on the mermaid. That she bears all the Statue of Liberty, basically this naked lady who shows up there. 
and he recognizes her, so they go back to shore. Yeah, it doesn't say she's a mermaid. It just says, you know, naked woman washed up on shore or whatever. Right. We cut back to New York where Alan gets home, and Madison is sitting watching the TV crying, and it's Bonanza, and he has to explain to her that it's pretend killing. And this is a leftover part from a joke they cut from the screenplay where there was supposed to be a callback to this joke where he explains that it's fictional and she should laugh at it. And so she laughs. And then there was a callback where she witnesses an actual plane crash on TV and laughs. Oh, 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 wow. And they cut that out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Probably a good call. Yeah. He brings her a gift and she doesn't understand that she has to open the box. So she's just like excited for the box, which I thought was very cute. Yeah. It's like a Tiffany's box though. I mean. Yeah. It's from Tiffany's. Yeah. Um, and it turns out to be a music box slash snow globe, which is a very specific gift. But I think he got it for her because she likes the music and she yeah. seems to really, really like it. Yeah, I honestly thought it was a little heartless that, you know, he's like, look at these things. They have legs, you freak. (laughs) (laughs) Flipping your fins, you know? (laughs) Shut up, freak! (laughs) They take a walk to a mermaid fountain, and she asks him, like, do you like it? And he says, yes, I do. And he basically says something about mermaids has always appealed to me. And in my notes, I just says, I always wanted to fuck a fish. But that's not what he says. (laughs) (laughs) But he tells her about the accident he had when he was eight. Yeah. And she says, I remember, I mean, I understand. And he basically says, I thought I saw a mermaid, but I was just a kid. So they go back to the apartment. And the next day at work is when we hear that they're going to the political dinner with the president, which again, don't know why they are, don't know how they know the president, don't know why anyone's going, don't know why it's a part of this film. Yeah. He basically just says, can I take Madison instead? And his brother, John Candy, agrees because he's like, you really like her. Yeah. And I can tell that you like her and this is different. So, yes, please take her. And they start playing squash. And John Candy gets nailed in the gut and in the head. He's also smoking and drinking while he's playing. (laughs) John Candy's amazing in this movie. And if you see that shot where he hits the ball and it hits the wall and then hits him in the head, they shot that in one shot. Like, he actually did that. He got it first take. Really? That's amazing. It it gets better. So I was going to do this in fun facts, but I'll, I'll talk about it now. Nice. John Candy showed up to set that day late and kind of disheveled and apologized to Ron Howard, the director. So John Candy went out to a bar the night before. He met Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson bought him drinks all night and kept him up until the shoot started the next oh, day. damn. And when John Candy's like, I have to go shoot right now, Jack Nicholson was like, hey, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so that's why he's smoking and drinking in that scene is because he is violently hung over and needed like <laughs> hair of the dog and then got that racquetball in one take. God, this guy was amazing. Isn't that crazy? That is so impressive. When I found that, I was just like, oh, my God. So during this section, I think he's kind of getting Tom Hanks to admit that he is in love with her. And uh, Tom Hanks, who's kind of countering back, reminds John Candy that he brought his own date to his own wedding one time. Yeah. Which is insane. We cut to corned beef. Corn Bluth. Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy is presenting his theories on mermaids and they are just like, get fucked. <laughs> like, mermaids don't exist. You're not a scientist. Fuck you. Fuck you. We cut back to Tom Hanks' apartment where Madison 
has bought the mermaid fountain and installed it in his apartment, which I don't know how that would work. I think it would crash through the floors. I'm pretty sure it's in his bedroom. Yeah, and I don't see how they got it through the door either. I don't know. It, it wouldn't fit through the door. There, It's impossible. It is impossible, but I thought it was funny that she was like, hey, this is what it would look like if you ever got me wet in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> also, she traded her necklace for it. Yeah. Which is like, we don't know the value of that necklace. I don't know. It doesn't, does it have significance? Does it have her voice inside it? just inside confirms it? she has magic mermaid powers. Yeah. So, back to corned beef. He's getting a lecture of like, um, hey, get a fucking grip. Mermaid stories are just for fun. And this is where he says, I've got to go get her wet so everyone can see. And then in my notes, I just have, nah, because then Tom Hanks would probably already know. <laughs> <laughs> but so he follows them down the sidewalk with buckets. Buckets and a mop, the wet ass mermaid. <laughs> wet ass mermaid. Give it everything you got for that wet ass mermaid. He leaves his car open with the keys in it on the sidewalk and then just walks away from it. I mean, it's New York. It's the safest city, especially in the 80s. <laughs> especially in the early yeah. 80s. Yeah. He thinks that he catches up with them, tosses the buckets. It's a different couple. He's got the camera to try and take pictures of them. And they turn and the husband goes to attack him. And there's a superimposed hand. It's so bad. On the camera. And it's so bad. It's yeah. terrible. I love it. Yeah, we cut to Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah are at a fancy dinner. Yep. And he basically asks her to marry him, and she kind of ignores the question. She's kind of blowing it off without being too upfront about it. Yeah, she's too busy eating a lobster like a monster. Yeah, because they, they bring her food, and she just bites directly through the shell yeah. like it's nothing. Like Sebastian's friendship has meant nothing to her <laughs> this whole time. She's going to kill herself a crab. That's what she's going to do. Like, it's just bad. Zutalo, I have found you. <laughs> Zutalo, crunch, crunch. <laughs> I, I knew we went off the deep end on this episode when we started quoting the goddamn chef from Little Mermaid. <laughs> les poissons, les poissons. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Um, <laughs> when I had a French boss, because oh I did god. have a French boss for a time, one of my favorite things to do was to do an impression of him, but then end it with hee 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 every every time it'd be like, Yeah, he came in and he was like, I want you to move these shells over here because we do not want people pulling these off the shelves and it looks messy. I want it lush and full. <laughs> and it was my favorite. So they go ice skating and he basically tries to ask her again and she says no. And she's like, I, I have a big secret. I can't tell you. And he lists out, he's like, what could it be? Are you dying? Were you already married? Or are you perhaps a trans woman? Although that's not how he phrases it. But he basically yeah. implies that all of those would be, it, it wouldn't matter. That he would just, like, I'm still here for it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And she just responds with, I only have three days left. Pre please make them wonderful. Yeah. And so they go skating some more, but he is a dick to her. He he's is like, terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. And so she. Well, I mean, this is how he should react it on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's true, Mikey. Well, I mean, like, he's like, where are you from? What What is this place that you're talking oh, about? Oh, you mean yeah. his, his inquisitive nature did not come out until she said yeah. no to marriage? Yeah, that's fair. When he gets mad at her for not answering any direct questions about who she is as a person and where she comes from 
Yeah. My frustration is I feel like he put her in a position where she could not say no and still feel safe or comfortable in the situation. Yes, that is very fair. Yeah. That's my biggest thing. Because if he had said, like, can we talk about it again sometime? That would have been different. And instead, he basically just like chases her around the ice rink shouting questions. <laughs> so like anyone would have run away from that, I think. Which she does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a normal relationship, I, I don't know how I would react if I had dated someone for years and then proposed and they said no. There would be questions and probably a lively discussion. I think in this case, since they've only known each other for three days, yeah. Yeah. that maybe he shouldn't react so harshly. But you know, fish are like super flaky, though. You got to like... Ah! <laughs> Especially when you like beer batter them for some fish and chips. <laughs> He's like, because of this, I'm gonna fill that fountain with tartar sauce. This is a tartar sauce fountain. In this <laughs> I, I mean, I'm shocked that she wasn't horrified by him eating seafood to begin with. But whatever. Um, well, I mean, they eat seafood. Mermaids eat seafood. But that's a horrifying implication that like mermaids are just like snatching up a lobster and eating it like an apple <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's how i think mermaid society yeah, works. I, I, a lot of uh, animals that live in the ocean eat things in the ocean page i i know but i just feel like wouldn't it be her friend i don't know i'm i'm playing by disney rules apparently <laughs> do you know what the mermaid society called titanic brunch a buffet. I was gonna say a buffet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight buffet. Um, Chilled. Chilled, yeah. So it starts raining. She hides in an alley to stay dry. He immediately regrets it and starts looking for her. She ends up at the pier and it seems like she's contemplating jumping back in the water. And we cut to him waiting by the docks where kind of near where he works. She finds him and she just says yes. But I feel like she was bullied into it and he still doesn't know she's a mermaid and this is a bad plan. Yeah, 100% she was like, I'm leaving in a day and a half or two days anyway. I'm just going to tell him, yes, there's no way we can get married that fast. If this movie was going for the Oscar, this would be the time where she like shows or tells him she's a mermaid, which is like, I got to be honest with you. I love you, but this is what who I truly am. And then. The rest of the movie can still happen, but there's like a foundational, like true love aspect going on and you don't have that weird reaction. Well, and then maybe he would actually fight for her in the last parts of yeah. this movie instead of just watching her be carried away yeah. with no emotion anyway. Well, I mean, okay, in his defense, he just learned that he's been having sex with a fish. But it's also her. She's calling for him specifically. Yeah. I understand a moment of being stunned, but yeah. then... Top half is still the woman you allegedly love after four days yeah. yelling for you, <laughs> and you're not even going to try to get through to her? I mean, you're, Nothing. all of those points were made moot by top half. Like, like that was just top so funny. Yeah, I mean, half. <laughs> he was trying to, but he couldn't process it because she was flopping around on the sea Like a damn you know, fish out of water. <laughs> he does not even try to get to her, and it bothered me so much. We will get there, because it bothered me too, Paige. I agree. So they're planning out how they're going to get married, but they have to go to the dinner with the president that night. Why? I don't know. <laughs> well, because it's important that they go to this dinner so they can blow out of it for no reason later on, like halfway through it. Yeah. Who is this person who gets invited to dinner with the president and then just blows it off like it's nothing? I think it's a fundraising dinner. It but is, yeah. I have some financial notes on that well he even makes mentions of how expensive those plates are the president does as a part of his tight five yeah 
But then here's the thing. You don't have to go. No. You bought the plate. Yeah. You can stay home. <laughs> anyway, they're in the apartment kind of running back and forth to try and get ready for the dinner and then to leave and get married after. And they pass a janitor in the lobby and it's corned beef. Of course. And he runs up like five flights of stairs to get the fire hose. By the way, fully in one arm cast that he has for the rest of the yes. movie. So he runs up five flights of stairs. He sprays the entire inside of the elevator and tries to take photos. And it's the same couple the as before. same couple. Oh my God. What a week he's having. Yeah. And they toss <laughs> corned beef down the stairs. Yeah. We cut to, they're at dinner with the president and... <laughs> Uh, he says, I hope we have That's such an insane sentence you just said. I know, but it's but it's this but it's, movie. It is actually what happens in this Oscar nominated screenplay. Oh my god, what if her mission was to assassinate the president and she was sent from the Mer people? <laughs> That'll show those leg walkers. This movie's getting better and better. <laughs> but she falls in love with Tom Hanks and can't go through with the assassination. She was gonna shoot him from the Hook depository. <laughs> oh, oh my God! There was a second swimmer. <laughs> Your president sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> and Tom. No, Hanks that guy does. Yeah. So he says, "I hope we have a boy and a girl." And she just says, "What kind?" Yeah. <laughs> then they tell the table, "We're getting married tonight." Everyone congratulates them. Back in the caterer area, corned beef has caught up with them. And we find out that his arm is fractured in 16 places. <laughs> and he finds what looks like a power washer, like something they would use to like wash the grill, basically, in the back. Yeah. And he comes out to deliver a bowl of bread. He's got it kind of like hidden in his jacket so he can try and spray her down. And he's got like a suspicious hump. The Secret Service sees him and they drag him away. And this is where we find out that because the president says, oh, it looks like he just found out how much his dinner costs. Yeah. And she, Madison, is like, it's time for me to tell you the secret now. We got to go. Not here. So they leave and they leave at the same time that corned beef is also being kind of dragged out. Arrested, really. Arrested. And Tom Hanks is like, I know that guy. I saw him on Cape Cod. And as they kind of stop to look at him, corned beef pulls out the sprayer and he gets her soaking wet. He's like, girl, can I buy you a drink? Yeah, he gets her wetter than Tom Hanks ever did. <laughs> so, I'm embarrassed by this whole podcast. What, the fact, the fact that I've got to be better choosing movies. <laughs> I thought you meant like the whole podcast, not just this episode. <laughs> no, it's the whole yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the last Mikey movie, we were like, so if you gush in a plastic mannequin, what happens? <laughs> Does it cut your dick off if she turns back into a mannequin? Do you think her memory is only six seconds? <laughs> That's why she can't learn English. Oh, man. Speaking of being embarrassed by the podcast, like I get a lot of work in like freelance work just from like doing podcast production here in town. And like I am always like, yeah, the podcast I produced got a million dollars last year. Like we we're doing great. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I have had to do that to a lot of people. Yeah. Or if they press me about it, I'm like, hey, I'm sending this to you, but I'm giving you a fair content warning. Yeah, it is explicit. We are going to talk about tough themes. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. The really tough themes like fish assassination to the president. Well, on the cult podcasts, sometimes it's like he groomed and ate four children. So. Oh, like the mer people. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway. Thank God. Yeah, let's move on. She she gets wet. Nice. Turns into a <laughs> fin. <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't expecting it from you. I was expecting it from Mikey. I don't know. That's why it hit me funny. I'm 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 backing out. He <laughs> he yells, "Behold the mermaid!" Which is real weird. Yeah, he he yells it like he's a circus performer. Yeah. Well, and she gets ambushed by paparazzi immediately, yeah. and Alan just kind of watches her, and she's screaming for him, and he's just like standing there. Yeah. As they take her away, he does not try to intervene at all. He's like, "Do you think they know I was fucking that fish?" Yeah. yeah that fades away. <laughs> and, and because he didn't react, you could say that she was gutted. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, she fell for him hook, line, and, and sinker, sinker, and then he just had to throw her back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> catch and release. Catch and release. That actually is a rom-com. <laughs> Less about having sex with the fish. Well, then I'm not interested. So, <laughs> so we cut to the Museum of Natural History where they have Alan in a tank, and he's like, I'm not a fish. How many times do I have to tell you that? And they're like, well, let's try some interaction. So they put Madison in his tank and she's like, I guess they thought you might be one, too. He's like, yeah, I guess so. And she says, you said whatever my secret was, you'd understand. And she's like, well, I guess you thought that I was at least a human being. And she reaches for him and he flinches. Yeah, it's super sad, actually. <laughs> like it's it's so hurtful. I'm just like, fuck him. How dare he? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, but because he's not a mermaid, they let him out. They drop him off in front of his apartment. The paparazzi swarms him, and Freddy comes in to rescue him. Yeah, his brother. And he's like, is anyone here from Penthouse? No, then we ain't talking. <laughs> Larry Flint wheels up and is like, what can I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about how you fucked that fish. So, <laughs> Hey, how about a weekly segment? We call it Letters from the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> we, we cut back to the work where everyone is staring and and John Candy's just like you never saw a guy who slept with a fish before and they're like no no, no we haven't oh god um and he's seeing articles that say that she's being held and he's more mad that they think he's a fish which is upsetting because yeah. they're like how is she and he's like she's a mermaid I find the perfect woman and now she's a fish and John Candy's like, hey, nobody said love is perfect. You were happy, so maybe keep fucking that fish. Yeah, yeah. And we cut back to the Museum of Natural History where they're testing Madison, and she's not looking good. No, she's like uh, molting or something. Like, I don't know what you'd call yeah. that, but yeah. Well, I actually have some notes on, on Oh, okay, that cool. Because it may have been unintentional. Oh, um, okay. But they're talking about how they are going to do a pulmonary exam and a reproductive exam, which would imply that they're going to kill her. They fully say they're going to kill yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. And this is when yeah. this is when Eugene Levy has the realization of, oh, God, I'm the bad guy in this movie. Right. Which I sort of loved. And he basically says, like, hey, have you considered how she's responding to the test? Because she doesn't look good. And they're just like. Fuck off, non-scientist. Why don't you go find me a unicorn? Which I was like, this guy found a mermaid. Like, he might find you a unicorn. Like, this dude did the impossible. I cannot watch a movie about a guy or somebody fucking a unicorn. I probably could. I can't. <laughs> top half unicorn or bottom half? Let's have that discussion. <laughs> well, because the top half, because you get, like, the horn. But it's pointy at the end. Yeah, that would gore you. And not like in a way you'd brag about later. Oh, unicorn, you're splitting me in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Is it too close to home, Mikey? No. What? It's definitely not hitting close to home. Uh, I don't want to have any more. Yes, pornicorn. Split me in twain. <laughs> I'm so tired of us talking about having sex with mystical creatures. Well, why are we here, Mikey? That's the whole point of this podcast. I'm just going to clam up. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime <laughs> yeah, gal. Like we'll girl. see you next week. Hello, my magic conch. <laughs> uh, Paige, you uh, took the bait. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, why don't they tell Tom Hanks there's more fish in the sea? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, Frank should have said that line. He should have. Corn beef is at the dentist trying to get his jaw fixed, getting painkillers. So Alan interrupts. And, and like, I don't even know how he was at the dentist. You mean how he knew Eugene Levy was at the dentist? Yeah. Yeah, they never discussed that. He just knows. Although, man, I love it, though, because this scene, Eugene Levy is, like, getting uh, numbed or whatever, and they have that right. syringe there, and Tom Hanks busts in. He's like, hey, man, let's talk. And Eugene Levy grabs the syringe and is, like, trying to keep him away, and they, through some ruckus, he gets stabbed in the leg. Yes. And then injects himself in the leg with this numbing agent or whatever, and then he decides to help, and they leave, but when they leave, but he's, he's dragging that. Leg. That leg. <laughs> it's amazing Eugene Levy is so good in everything But he's so good in this He's so good but th it was at this point in the movie That I was like how is this 20 more minutes Yeah Like how are there 20 more minutes in this movie Yeah well because uh, this movie's not complete Without a chase with a bunch of army men It was the 80s page That's true so they go to the museum of natural history To rescue her They pretend to be Swedish scientists But they don't <laughs> speak Swedish Except for John Candy, who apparently has learned Swedish from watching high-end nudie films that come from Sweden. He has not learned Swedish. He learned how to say, I have a 12-inch penis, to which the half-Swedish guard says, that, that checks out. You're <laughs> definitely a Swedish scientist hanging huge dong. Yeah, so they get into her tank, and she's like, hey, don't feel bad about not loving me anymore. And he's like, of course I still love you. And I'm like... Don't assume that she knows that. You recoiled from her yeah. earlier today, basically. So they pull her out of the tank. They wrap her up so her legs can come back. And they act like it's one of the other workers and that she has melted their face off with a laser. I love that. Don't look at it. It's hideous. Like <laughs> So they get her out to the car. They drive away. The actual Swedish scientists come through and they find that it's just John Candy dangling his feet in the tank. And he literally says, come on, boys. The water's fine, which is funny, but he's going to jail for the rest of his life. They did not at all try to get him out. Or he's been murdered for his silence. Just oh. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, he's like full stop in Guantanamo Bay. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's a manhunt. It's a merman hunt. Page. It's a merman oh, hunt. <laughs> the army's after them. They drive through the city. Corn beef gets out to basically have a standoff with the army, which just is him standing with his hand out until they almost run him over and he falls down a storm dream. Yes. Um, then the taxi driver that drove him to Cape Cod won't move. So they tip the taxi over and then they get to the pier and he's like, I wish I could go with you, but I can't. And she's like, well, remember when you fell off the ship, you were safe underwater because you were with me, which is the first time we've ever introduced this as an option. Right. Which I like saw this as like Superman rules. Whenever you're flying with Superman, like when he's holding Lois's Lane's hand, she can fly too, like that sort of thing. Yeah. But for breathing underwater. 
Right. And she tells him that he can't ever come back. Right. Convenient because his brother's going to be in prison for a long time. Right. Uh, so he <laughs> tells her to go ahead. She's like, I understand. He, She jumps in. She swims. And they try to follow her in the water with helicopters like they're flying over her. And he dives in after her and swims out to her even though he can't swim. Right. And then immediately dies. <laughs> well, then they send scuba divers down after them. She kisses Aaron to his lungs. And then they murder some Coast Guards, I think. They literally. And this is my favorite part, Paige. They literally have a like old school James Bond. Like I think it's Thunderball yeah. where they fight underwater. Yes. Yeah. They have like that in this movie. It's insane. Right. And and Tom Hanks bites one of them on the inner thigh. <laughs> She's ripping people's masks off. It's uh it's amazing. Yeah. Uh so once they're free of those scuba divers, they swim off into the deep. He takes off his jacket and they swim in the ocean until they see an underwater city come into view. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. I was kind of <laughs> thinking we needed a couple more scenes to kind of wrap yeah, this one up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, it, when I saw the credits come up before we see the city under the ocean, I literally looked at Natalie and was like, is that it? Because she's seen it before. And she was like, yeah, that's the whole movie. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay, we're missing some stuff here at the end. I thought it was going to be like he was like some his ancestors were murdered people and like if he stayed in the water long enough he would transform or something but no she's going to murder him yeah this movie ends 10 minutes before he gets murdered and eaten for a seaweed harvest so what did you guys think let's get let's do some final thoughts it was a fun watch i've never seen it yeah it this movie asks some disturbing questions that i never get answers <laughs> yeah to. i was gonna say that it asks a lot of really strange questions that it just decides never to answer and honestly i want that movie i want the weird sort of fish kinky movie where all those things are answered we don't get that Oh, The Shape of Water. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Guillermo del Toro definitely saw this movie and was like, yeah, we don't get into the fish sex enough. And then yep. it's like, there's literally multiple movies kind of about, like, hooking up with fish people. And like that's weird, I think. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, it's about beastie. Okay, that, it's about bestiality. You're right. That is weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what half is a human person <laughs> and what is half that is that the, the delineation? If you have a fish face, it's bestiality. If you have a human face, it's not. Is that it? I'm willing to draw that line. <laughs> yeah, what are the rules? Go to the Facebook group and tell us. I wish she would have, instead of trading her necklace for the fountain, she traded her necklace for like a smaller fountain and then a bunch of shiny, smooth rocks that were all over the ground of his apartment. And like a, a life-size scuba diver statue. <laughs> yeah, and a treasure chest that just opens up over and over again. <laughs> yes. He just has to feed her flakes every day. <laughs> <laughs> Frosted flakes. Oh, frost yourself. Oh, bullshit, mermaid. Bullshit. Bullshit. This movie was confusing and included a lot more fish fucking than I anticipated. I'm gonna give it two fins up. <laughs> two fins up. Three out of five Vandy camps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a, a, a bottom half fish <laughs> So do you have some fun facts for us Paige? I do Hit us with those fish facts Fishy fish facts This <laughs> fish film was nominated for best original screenplay At the 57th annual Academy Awards in 1985 But it lost to places in the heart um, but it was kind of the joke of the night where before presenting the award for best visual effects, which they were also nominated for, uh, comedians Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong joked that Terrell Hannah had won the award for best tale. Daryl Hannah? Yeah. I think you said Terrell Hannah. No, Daryl Hannah. Oh, okay. Darryl I mean, Hannah. I, I get that joke, Cheech yep. and Chong. 
Yeah, I get it. I honestly think the fact that it was nominated, the joke was the Oscars that night. Yeah. And honestly, in general. In general. <laughs> Jack O'Brien from formerly of the Crack Podcast, and now he runs the iHeart Podcast Network. He said this on a podcast, and I love this idea. They need to delay the Oscars five years. So, like, this year, we'd be actually voting on, or they would be voting on movies that came out in 2017. I love that. Yeah. I love that I, idea. I, when, I, when I heard him say that, I was like, yes. Because some will, will stand the test of time and others will not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. Anyway, but do you have any other fun facts? I do. So Ron Howard actually turned down directing two other assignments to do this movie. One was Mr. Mom in 1983, and the second was Footloose in 1984 to make sure that he could finish Splash. Holy shit, Paige. Wow. Yeah. Footloose? Yeah. They had to rush to make this movie because there was a Warren Beatty starring mermaid movie in development at the same time (laughs) called Mermaid. Written or at least rewritten, they they had like a premise, and then they brought in Robert Town, who had written Chinatown, in to rewrite that mermaid script, and they had paid him five hundred thousand dollars to do it. Wow! But yeah, but there was an actor strike which delayed that production, but not this production because it was already in progress. Wow! And eventually, that mermaid movie was just declared dead that writer rich it was richard town right yeah yeah he was famous for adding his last name at the end of every movie he wrote so it was chinatown and then mermaid town yeah <laughs> robert town i think it's but, oh shit but yes, robert town my it bad. still works yeah. yeah now tom hanks and daryl hannah were not the first choices for this movie really <laughs> before wait i i have a guess can i guess y- you can guess but i have a list oh shit yeah, one was a dolphin and one was... <laughs> okay what's your guess oh shit i w- i was gonna say kevin bacon and laura singer um that, they, they were the leads in footloose sorry in footloose no they were too busy yeah making a better movie yeah all right So, by the time Tom Hanks accepted the role, it had already been turned down by the following. Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dudley Moore, John Travolta, and Michael Keaton. In addition to that, Jeff Bridges, Richard Gere, Kevin Kline, David Morse, Burt Reynolds, Robin Williams, John Hurd, Christopher Reeves, and Robert Kline were also considered for the role. Oh my gosh. God, that's amazing. If you think that's crazy. I do. Daryl Hannah had a similar situation because they also considered Jodie Foster, Rosanna Arquette, Brooke Shields, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Melanie Griffith, Jean Francis, Lynn Frederick, Fiona Fullerton, Diane Lane, Tatum O'Neill, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sharon Stone, Kathleen Turner, Deborah Winger, Lisa Welchel, Tanya Roberts, Ali Sheedy, and PJ Souls before finally giving it to Daryl Hannah. Isn't that crazy? It's, yes. We never have lists that long. It is also included among the American Film Institute AFI's list of the 500 movies nominated for the top 100 funniest American movies. Wow. I don't think this movie is that funny as much as it is confusing, but yeah, I think it's because that list is a little old, okay. too. Okay, that's This fair. film is credited with introducing the name Madison. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, Madison went from the 216th most popular li- name for girls in 1990 to 29th in 1995 to 3rd in 2000. And the joke in Splash back in 1984 was that no one was named 
Madison, and it actually did not enter the list. So you have to have a certain amount of names to basically make like the top 200 or whatever until after this movie came out. Wow. That's amazing. Did you know that there is also a made-for-TV sequel? Really? The Disney Tell TV, me everything. Yeah, it's a Disney TV movie. It aired once on May 8th, once on May 1st in 1988 called Splash 2, T-O-O, and the only cast member from the original to reprise their role was, guess, guess who it is. It's got to be the uh, assistant lady with the bra on the yes, ass on the shirt. it what? is. What? It is her. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes oh, I'm so happy about that In the sequel uh, Alan, Madison and Freddie Played by completely different other people uh, Helps their company Save a captive dolphin So it's like Free Willy but it's a dolphin instead of a killer whale But it's a dolphin instead of a killer I whale I love it and at the end she eats it and At the end she eats it <laughs> So Todd you talked about that one effect With the vacuum sealing and that's how they got the scales yeah. on, on that one shot For the tail but she actually had A real tail That she could not get out of Once she was in it So if she was ever in the water she would just have to Stay in the water for that whole shooting day And so crew members wow. would bring her french fries because she couldn't get out of the fin. But how do you go to the bathroom? She said she wouldn't eat most of the day so that she wouldn't have to go. Okay. Because that's like the biggest it's concern. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the tail was made out of material that actually de decomposed pretty quickly in water. So in the end, when she's in the tank for that extended point of time, it does look like she's molting, but it's actually most likely that her costume had just decomposed. They also specifically picked red so that they could see it when they were shooting in the ocean. Yeah. All of the coral reef stuff that they shoot that is allegedly off the coast of New York is actually shot in the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, they then also shot in Los Angeles and New York. Let's talk money facts for a little bit. Okay. Tom Hanks's apartment would cost between five and $10,000 a month. Okay. Based on where it is, the fact that it has a doorman and how big it is. Um, at, that's present day. I'm sure it was less back in the time. Sure. But he also has... No problem with her having an unlimited spending spree at Bloomingdale's. She buys all kinds of stuff. They break those TVs, which they probably had to pay for. He buys her that snow globe. Doesn't seem to be hurting for money. Now, I will say, I did a wedding registry for a produce distribution heiress one time. Okay. And they, were, <laughs> they serve the entire country. What? Like, they're huge. And so they were very extremely rich, but they are not nearly that big. So I do have questions about whether or not Tom Hanks could afford this. Also, the plates at that presidential fundraising dinner would run anywhere from 50000 to 250000 a plate present day. And that's only because there's a fundraising cap and that's a newer rule. Yeah. So back in the 80s, it could have been even more money. That's insane. So, uh, also, the fin weighed 35 pounds. Oh, man. Yeah. And she apparently Daryl Hannah had actually been swimming mermaid style since she was a, a kid because she was obsessed with mermaids as a child. She'd been doing some other stuff mermaid style in this movie, too. You know That's saying? right. Um, but allegedly she got so good at it that she could outswim the cameras so that like even in the in the fin, she was really, really fast. Um, she's also a vegetarian, refused to eat real lobster 
And so they scooped out the inside of the lobsters and filled them with hearts of palm and mashed potatoes. So that it looks like lobster, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, 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 awesome. But allegedly, she cried after each take over the deaths of the lobsters for their shells. Oh, that's so. Oh boy, that's yeah. Uh, Isn't that's yeah really it's, fishy? <laughs> oh, Mikey. Yeah. You could say she was pretty salty about it. <laughs> when she was crying, she was like. <laughs> A new New York cab fare from from Manhattan to Cape Cod in 1984 would have cost about $300 one way, and it would have taken about four and a half hours and covered at least 250 miles. That's insane. So long. Yeah, and there's there's if you want to know more fun facts, there is there are tons of fun facts on this movie online. We don't have time to get through all of them. Yes, because we talk too much about like really weird fish sex stuff. Yeah. You're welcome. No regrets. <laughs> well, thank you for your fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So this movie came out in 1984. What do you think the budget for this movie was? I think this was probably expensive at the time. You've also got Ron Howard and you've got Brian Grazer, both of whom had some clout yeah. in Los Angeles at the time. So I'm going to say for the 80s, this is probably like 18 million. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? I'm going to say 12 million. Mikey's closer. It was actually $8 million, which oh, wow. is about 16 to $20 million in today's money. But still, that's okay. That's not that bad for everything we see on screen here. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah, I think so, too. So the movie came out March 9th, 1984, and was number one at the box office. It came out. It beat Paige. Footloose. No way. Yeah. Although Footloose was in its fourth week when it came out. Okay. So it had been out for a while. It also beat Against All Odds, Children of the Corn, and Blame It on Rio was your top five that week. What do you think Splash made in its first weekend domestically? Now, it was a huge hit, so I'm going to say in its first weekend, it made 20 mil. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? $10 million. Mikey's closer. It was six. Point one million dollars in its opening mm. weekend, but Paige, it did go on to make sixty-two point almost six million dollars. So it made sixty-two five nine nine. It did very, very, so very well. Yeah. Uh, although, side fun fact: Footloose went on to make eighty million dollars. Yeah, because Footloose is like legendary. Yes, absolutely. And this movie's actually pretty prevalent in pop culture too. Yeah. I mean, it literally created a girl's name. Yeah. All right. So that is your box office. So this week, Mikey made us watch Splash or Sploosh. Sploosh. Paige, what are you making us watch next week? It's your choice. I have not prepared for this. <laughs> so I, um, when I was in my early 20s, uh, came across a movie that wa- had come out in the 90s, but I had not seen. And I sort of fell in love with it and thought it was like the height of like romance and like just what falling in love should be. And I want to revisit the movie because I haven't seen it since that time. And I want to see if it holds up or if I was just some stupid early 20 year old. That movie is Before Sunrise. Okay, we're starting the trilogy. Yeah, so we're starting the Before Trilogy. There are three movies in the trilogy. It's Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and then Before Midnight. And they follow the same two characters. I've seen all of them, but it's been a long time since I've seen this one. I've never seen it. I I have actually never seen it either, so I am am down. I'm excited, Todd. So your homework next week is to talk to a stranger on a train, follow them around a city, and make them watch Before Sunrise with you. 
So, Mike, do you have a review for us to read? Uh, I will soon. Nice. So, while you're looking at that review, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes, and Mikey will read it for you. So, do it, you sexy bitches. Mikey, who's you going to read this week? I'm going to read Sandy Brent. Oh, well, what does Sandy say? Always a good time. Oh, it is, baby. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I started listening right from the beginning because of Paige. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, parentheses. I've listened to Colt podcast for the past year and a half. Me too. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, it's a wonderful podcast. But kept listening because I like romantic comedies and you all are hilarious. Oh, my thank you. Thank you. I love waking up early on Thursday mornings. <laughs> Why did he start s- talking sensually? I like waking <laughs> up early on Thursday mornings. Thursday morning pods are calling. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Put your earbuds in your ear. <laughs> I love waking up early on Thursday mornings and mm, smelling that fresh podcast in the pot. And the what? That's not what she says. She says <laughs> even. <laughs> oh, I was, gonna, I was like, I'm never surprised to hear about pot and cult podcasts in the same sentence. Yeah. Uh, Thursday mornings and seeing new episodes, even if sometimes I can't find the movies being discussed on streaming websites for free. Be- well, that's true. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, or sometimes on YouTube. Thank you for a great show, Rachel. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for that amazing five-star review. We very much appreciate it. And listen, if you want to have your review run on the podcast, be like Rachel and throw compliments at us in the iTunes podcast app. Yay. That's all you have to do. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show S H O like showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. And you complete us. Two fish pletion. <laughs> Toodle pit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy diver. Sorry, you were like a scuba diver. I thought it funny. It's like Dio just singing about this movie. <laughs> be careful. You'll call her. You'll call her. <laughs> this is the perfect movie for porn dolphin. Just like, oh, you. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>